Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Let's turn in the scriptures to the seventh chapter of the book of Matthew. It's kind of uh, ironic, I suppose, that at this occasion, which is such such a happy occasion in, in my life, to see one of my children marry in the Lord, that uh, our, our reading and thought material out of the scriptures would be rather along a, an unpleasant line. Um, but unless the Lord directs my mind in some other way before the Lord's day, <clears throat> I'd like to relate tonight's uh, lesson to to, to a, a very major theme in the book of Jeremiah. And that major theme is is awareness of false prophets. Dealing with false prophets. Now, we have before us in this passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 7, um, the Lord Jesus, in verse 13, teaching us this lesson. Enter ye in at the straight gate, For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads into destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, narrow is the way which leads into life, and few there be that find it. Now, Jesus is telling us in this passage something that you won't ordinarily find at, uh, at a meeting, where someone is trying to persuade you to pursue a certain course. What if someone were to try to sell you some item, but then tell you that, that now you're probably going to have trouble with this thing, and uh, you need to take out a special warranty because uh, just about everybody who, who buys this thing has trouble with it, and, uh, well, you'd probably um, pass on, on buying it. Uh, Jesus is telling us here a way of life. He's taught us the Beatitudes. He's taught us uh, how to think with regard to all these moral issues concerning the kingdom of God. How to, how to live concerning these things. He's just got through telling us here, don't try to judge one another. Um, he has told us to be faithful in asking and, and giving. And, and don't worry about your, your uh, food and your clothes. Be be uh, trusting God for all of your necessities. And, and here's how you ought to think about uh, relationships. You should, uh, you should uh, even consider the moral relationships of, of life to be uh, such that it's not adultery just to, to the physical act of unfaithfulness, but it's, it's the thinking of the heart. If a, if a man looks upon a woman to lust after her, he's committed adultery with her already in his heart. Um, he says, you've heard that it's been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you uh, that, that you resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Um, he says, you've heard it said, thou shalt not kill. But I say unto you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And all of those things. Now, it's no wonder that the last section of this Sermon on the Mount 
the last, one of the last statements is, they were astonished at his doctrine. They were astonished. They'd never heard anything like this. So Jesus says to them, to those who hear him, he says, now what I'm laying before you is a difficult way. It's, it's God's way. It's the way of the kingdom. It's the right way. It's a glorious way. But he says, I'm going to tell you. It's a very hard way. It's a way of affliction. It's a way of trouble. It's a way of tribulation. It's a very hard way. And only a few enter in. The other way to disregard these moral teachings of the kingdom of God, uh, to make excuses for not doing them, to try to explain them away in some way, he said that's a broad way. That, that the, gate is, the gate is very wide. The, the way is very broad that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Now, we must understand some words here. Because if we don't understand the words, we won't understand what Jesus is saying. There's something of a controversy about these verses and how they should be interpreted. Do, do these apply to... Uh, those who are those who enter in at the at the wide gate and walk the broad way, are they are they children of the wicked one? Are they children of, of Satan? Or are they just misguided children of God? Mistaught, untaught children of God? Who are who are those who enter in at the straight gate, that, that difficult way? Are they just an, an elite among the elect of God? Um and I think the answer to that question anyone would have about that that uh, is found in understanding the words here i believe that those who who enter into the broad way and walk the, the the wide gate walk the broad way are those whose end is destruction now let's understand the word destruction um the word translated destruction is translated most often in the New Testament as perdition. Let's look at the, the way that the way I try to arrive at a word's meaning is to see how the word is used in other places. The problem with that is uh, is the same Greek word is not always translated into the same English word. Uh, the translators choose synonyms. Uh, words that mean the same or about the same thing that seems to fit some particular text a little bit better than another to their way of thinking. And, and, and sometimes that's well done. Sometimes it's a little confusing. Um, thankfully, um, I have a computer program that with a click of a mouse, it shows me everywhere that this Greek word is used. And before then, I had a book that would do that. Um, but I fought with that thing uh, in a pile of books, yay high, for years. Until until the Lord let me have a computer, and since then my you think my desk looks bad now. You ought to have seen it before I got a computer, and it was terrible. But anyway, let's look. John seventeen twelve. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in Thy name. Those that Thou gavest me have I have kept, and none of them is lost, save the son of perdition, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. There's your word right there, perdition. Romans nine twenty two. Look at this. What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? There's your same word. Now remember, the, the wide gate, the broad way, leads to 
destruction. Here Paul says this destruction is that end of the vessels of wrath who have fitted for destruction. Philippians 3.19, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. Philippians 1.28, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which to them is an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. Now here we have clearly opposite words, antonyms. That's the right word? Yeah. Opposites anyway. Been a long time since I did grammar. Uh, you've got perdition and you've got salvation. To them it is an evident token of perdition, but to you a salvation. Now, if, if, there, if that was the only verse in the, in the New Testament where, where the word was used, we have a clear understanding of how the, words, how the word is, should be understood. Uh, one of the most important principles of biblical interpretation is to see how, how a word is used in every context and, and make application according to those truths. Look at this one. Second Peter 2.1 But there were false prophets. Now, this brings in the larger picture here. Also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies. The word damnable is our word. Even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. There's your word again. Twice in that one verse. One damnable, one destruction. And then Revelation 17.11 And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and of the seventh and goeth into perdition. Now the beast is antichrist and against Christ. And uh, Okay, so here we've got a wide gate and a broad way and it leads to destruction. It leads to perdition. It leads to damnation. All of those words are properly considered with regard to that. And many there be which go in thereat. Okay, now, let's look at the other gate. But straight is the gate. Uh, notice the word is S-T-R-A-I-T, not A-I-G-H-T, straight. Um, the idea is one of narrow. It is a narrow passage, and I want to show you how that word is translated throughout the Scriptures. Um in Mark 3, 9. And he spoke to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him because of the multitude, lest they should throng him. They're pressing in on him. Second Corinthians 1, 6. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your sakes, uh, for your consolation and salvation. Second Corinthians 4, 8. We are troubled, there's our word, on every side. Second Corinthians 7, 5. But we were troubled on every side, once again. 1 Thessalonians 3, 4. For verily we, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation. There's our word. 2 Thessalonians 1, 6. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them who trouble you. There's our word. Trouble you. And then verse 7. To you who are troubled, to you who are pressed, to you who are afflicted, to you who are suffering these, these trials, he's got some words to say. Um, and two other places is translated affliction. Now, so Jesus is saying to not do what I have taught is to go through the wide gate and the broad road. It leads to destruction. To, to live by what I say, it is a difficult way. It is not an easy way. It is a difficult way. It is fraught with affliction. It is fraught with trials. It is fraught, fraught with troubles. Does, did Jesus not say that in the world you shall have 
tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And then Paul says it is through much tribulation that we must enter into the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus has done what no salesman would do. Jesus has done what no false prophet would do. Jesus has done only what a true prophet would do. Tell us the way of truth and then tell you it's a difficult way and only a few go in. Straight is the gate. Narrow is the way. The word narrow just means narrow. It's it's not a wide way as opposed to... And it leads unto life. And few there be that find it. Okay, we've got one way that leads to destruction, one way that leads to life. Now, concerning our... Our uh, controversy about that. I want to say this. I believe that this passage of scripture is teaching us that those who are truly gods, those who are the elect of God, chosen of God, born of the spirit of God, truly converted by uh, the gospel of Christ, they do not live their lives on the on the on the broad way. They do not. That does not characterize their lives. Going the easy way, going through the wide gates, going down the broad path, it does not characterize their lives. What characterizes their lives is, is, is being concerned with, with what does God say? What does God's Word teach? That's, that's the way we need to go. And it leads to life. Now, while I say that, I, I would say this. I believe that there are probably times when all of us find ourselves on the broad way. Sometimes we take the easy path. Sometimes we also take the path of least resistance. Let us not think that it would be, it's impossible for us to ever stray off that way. But what I believe this is teaching is a characterization of life. Just like the parable in Matthew 13. Some fell among the, on, among the, uh, by the wayside and the birds came and ate it. Some fell on the stony, on the stony ground and it sprang up but it had no depth of earth and it died away. Some was, some was uh, sown among the, uh, the weeds along the side and, and they sprang up and the cares and riches of this world sprang up and choked them. Now, I believe that there, come, there are times when you and I may allow Satan to snatch the word from our hearts that it, be, it become unproductive. There might be times when there is a shallowness in our lives that would stifle the fruit. Perhaps we ourselves would allow the riches of this world to come and choke it out, but it does not characterize the child of God's life. His life is characterized by entering into the straight gate and walking the narrow way. It's a hard way. It's a difficult way. Now, Jesus said on several occasions, I want to say something about the many and few. Jesus said on several occasions, many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are Elect is the same word. Chosen and elect is the same word there in the Greek. Now, what about that? You know, our, our, our enemies sometimes say, well, you believe you just a, just a handful of people are going to go to heaven and, and you're, you're probably it. Um, these terms here, I believe, are, are relative terms. The many and the few. There are many who enter into the straight of, of the broad the wide gate walk the broad way. A few enter into the straight gate and walk the narrow way. Many are called, few are chosen. Now, think about it like this. How does that relate to what the, the New Testament says in the book of Revelation, which indicates that those who will be in, with God in heaven rejoicing and praising Him are as, in, as innumerable as the stars of heaven. 
a vast multitude, a great host. Now, how can there be a great host and still be a few? How, how can both of them be true? Well, let me put that in some perspective for you. There are on this planet, at this hour, living about 8 billion people. 8 billion people. About 1 billion of those people claim to be of some sort of Christian faith. Um, probably a relatively small number of that are true followers of Christ. But you know, God said to, to Abraham, He says, your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars in heaven. Now, what does He mean by that? You're going to be as numerous as the sand by the seashore. Well, the fact of the matter is, there are more stars in heaven, there are more stars in the universe, than there are human beings who have ever lived on the planet. Did you know that half the people who have lived in the history of the world or alive right now on the planet Earth. That's a pretty amazing fact. Not a little, little, a little less than half. Probably by whose ever estimates, I don't know who, how, who figures how all this works, but the, the, the population of the planet is, is growing exponentially. Because obviously the more people you get, the more, the more you're going to have. Uh, and, and we're, we're doing away with a lot of diseases and things that used to strike people down, uh, at, at earlier times. So, uh, that the population of the whole planet ever has been, let's say 25 billion, I think it's somewhere around in there, that, that, has, that anthropologist or whoever thinks is, um, there have probably been a billion who have in some way named the name of Christ, may even be true followers of Christ. There have been more than that who have named the name. Well, now, God says to Abraham, your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars of heaven. But in fact, if you were to just actually think about the physical descendants of Abraham, they probably number only in the hundreds of millions. Okay? Now, I don't know about you, but I'd call the hundreds of millions a great multitude. The population of the United States right now is about 280 million. I call that a lot of people. Now, if, if 280 million People were in heaven. Would you not call that a great multitude? I'd call that a great multitude. God said, God likens it unto the stars of heaven and of the sand by the seashore. Probably all the, all the physical descendants of Abraham would amount to about the population of the United States right now. And I'm, I'm just confessing to you, I'm guessing about that. Uh, Abraham, Abraham's descendants measure a small portion of the entire human race. But if, if 300 million people we're in heaven. Would you call that many or few? Well, you call it both. It's a lot of folks. But relatively, it's a few. Now, Jesus tells us very plainly, many are called. And I believe that call there is the gospel call. There are many who hear the gospel call, who hear the, the preaching of Jesus Christ, who hear, who hear the truths of God's word. But only few are chosen. And so there are only a few who walk through that narrow gate and into that straight path, that straight gate and that narrow path. Who are they? They're the few who are chosen by God. Because the fact of the matter is this. No man by nature would ever choose that gate. No man would ever choose that gate. It is a hard gate. It is a difficult gate. It is fraught with afflictions. It's fraught with tribulations. It is fraught with many difficulties. The other way is, is an easy way. Ever, anybody can go. Welcome all. 
And so he says, enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads into life, and few there be that find it. Now, he goes right into this business of false prophets. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire, whereby, by, wherefore by their fruits you shall know them. Then he says this, and we don't have time to go into all of this. Look at verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me, many, there we are again, in that day, that day, the kingdom of heaven, when it comes in its fullness and its glory. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works? These are religious folks. Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now, we know their end because he says, I never knew you. The word no doesn't mean I, 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 I had no cognizance of your existence. God is cognizant of every human being's existence. We're not dealing here with God's knowledge. We're dealing here with his love. And here's the word translated no here that's often in the scriptures translated as this intimate love. Like a wife, a husband or wife. Adam knew his wife and she conceived. It speaks of an intimacy of relationship. Not just a... a a knowledge by information, not just a cognizance. This is not something in the cognitive. It's in the affective. It's, it's, it's the heart. There's love here. He says, I never loved you. Is what he's saying. I've never loved you. You've never belonged to me. Even though they have the trappings of religion, he says, I don't know who you are. You're not mine. You do not belong to me. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Now, that leads us to some very sober thoughts. Sober indeed. Because Jesus here warns us, as does Jeremiah constantly. If you've been keeping up with the reading in Jeremiah, you'll, you've noticed this is a major theme in this section that we're reading. Jesus says to us, beware of false prophets. Now, why should you beware of false prophets? We should beware of false prophets because false prophets tell us this in the context. That the Broadway, now listen, they say the Broadway and the narrow way basically go to the same place. Now that ought to, that ought to be pretty frightening if you think about it. For to say that the Broadway and the narrow way ultimately lead to the same end? For one thing, it is pathetic hermeneutics. But not only that, it is deceiving to the people. Why would you tell someone this way? Now, there may be some blessings involved in going the straight and narrow way, but they both go to the same place. Perdition and life are the same place. Destruction and life are the same place. Can you see how damnable? That is, 
We, we could not think of a more uh, uh, proper term than to call it. Nothing more nor less than damnable. A damnable heresy. Now the problem I have is this. And it's the problem you have. And that is, how do we identify a false prophet? You and I need to be able to identify false prophets. Now, as we look out into the religious world, sometimes that's not a difficult task. You see somebody like Benny Hinn, you know, that's a false prophet. If ever a false prophet lived, Benny Hinn's a false prophet. Carried on a bunch of shenanigans in the name of religion and all that, the mess that he, he carries on, that's a false prophet. To tell somebody that Mary is the mother of Jesus and, and she is the, it should be the, the object of prayers. That's nothing more or less than a damnable heresy. And only false prophets teach that. Now, the, the problem we, we have in that is, is what about the people who are walking in this? Who are living in this? Well now, here's where you get off the hook. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. That is, we see people who are living under the, the, the uh, false teaching of false prophets, like Benny Hinn, like the Pope, who, who we have no problem identifying as false prophets, because they teach things that are entirely opposite of the way of truth. Uh, Catholicism especially, if you don't believe it, ask, ask uh, Brother Serge here. He's, he grew up in that and he, he has seen a lot of this firsthand. They, they teach a, a broad way that, 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 is, that is easy for anybody to go in. They accommodate the heathen practices of whatever peoples they come in and, and, and try to, to uh, evangelize. So, what God calls on you and me to do is to identify false prophets. And, but not to try to judge the, 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 the lives of those who are involved in that. You see, where they're following the teachings of Jesus, it, it, it lets, us, lets us have peace because, you know, it's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing to say, well, I believe so-and-so, he's a Catholic, so he's going to hell. This guy over here follows Benny Hinn, so he's going to hell. You see, that's a dangerous business. Because we might be found, back in earlier parts of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus said, uh, you've heard that it has been said, thou shalt not kill. Whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, whosoever shall say to his brother, whosoever is angry with his brother without, without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Whosoever shall say to his brother, Rekha, that means you have no value to me, shall be in danger of the council. Whosoever shall say, Thou fool, that is, you have no value to God, shall be in danger of hellfire. Now, I don't know about you, but that scares the bejeebers out of me. And it ought to scare it out of you too. And so we're not called upon to judge people. That is, those who are walking after these false ways. I've met, I've met Catholics, practicing Catholics, who I, I, I felt are deceived, but I, I just had some witness in my spirit that they were, that they were true children of God. I've certainly met 
charismatics who 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 would not be averse to the things things like Benny Hinn that I, I felt like were were true believers, just greatly deceived. You know, and I don't I don't know how to wade through all that. And so God lets us out of it. We don't have to wade through it. We just don't judge. We don't try to pass sentence on any man. And even a false prophet. You know, I, I don't know that Benny Hinn's going to hell. You know, call somebody a false prophet pretty much consigned him, you know. But we're allowed to call, to identify false prophets. We must, we must identify false prophets because, because a false prophet is going to turn you away. I believe that, turn you away from the, the things of truth. I believe that it is, it is the character, characterizing nature. It does characterize the life of a child of God that he walks through the straight gate and the narrow way. But I also believe he could spend time in the other. And, and it behoo- and the only reason we'd ever spend time in the other is just for the deceitfulness, deceitfulness of the flesh. And what you and I need are preachers, prophets, who will tell us with crystal clarity, this is the way, walk you in it. We need that. We need that desperately in our day. And so he says, beware of false prophets. Right on the heels of this business. Beware of false prophets. Which come unto you in sheep's clothing. Now, the problem I have is in the religious world is when this gets a little closer to home. And um, that's why I believe it's important for us to understand this principle from Scripture where the Apostle Paul says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places and all of that. What, the, what I gather from that is this. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And that means to me that, that uh, you know, the Pope himself is not my enemy. Benny Hinn's not my enemy. Uh, preachers around are not my, en- my enemies. My enemies are spiritual enemies. And so now it comes down to a matter of truth and error. That's why you and I need to be faithful to search out and know the truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. False prophets come to you in sheep's clothing. That is, they they look like the real thing. They've got the language of religion on their lips. Listen to what they said. Jesus said, not, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, 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 shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And then he says, many will say unto me in that day, once again, Lord, Lord. Have we not prophesied in thy name, preached sermons, and in thy name have cast out devils? I don't know if they actually did or thought they did it. And in thy name have done many wonderful works, benevolence, maybe even miraculous. But I will profess unto them in that day. That is the day in which this kingdom shall manifest itself in its full glory when Christ returns. I will profess unto them I never knew you. Depart from me that, what? Work iniquity. You're prophesying. You're casting out demons. Your miracle workings, he says, is iniquity. As a matter of fact, the scriptures tell us in the book of Proverbs that even the plowing of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. You see, if a person is not doing whatever it is he's doing with an eye only to the glory of Christ, and the well-being of his sheep, then that is not done in a way acceptable to God. And so, we have before us 
a, a challenging task. Now, remember, Jesus never said it was easy. It's a straight gate. It, it's, it's a narrow way, but it leads to life. So you and I need to, how, how will we know a false prophet? Well, in one way, it's a pretty simple matter. He teaches falsehood. He's got the trappings of religion. He's, he's dressed as a sheep. He's got, he's got religious lingo down. He's got religious form down. But it's his words. It's what he's teaching. It's what he's saying. You know, there are Baptist preachers, people who call themselves Baptist preachers in this country who will do a homosexual wedding. I'll tell you this. If that man dies that way, he's a false prophet. False, true prophets don't condone uh, things that the Bible clearly condemns. True prophets don't do that. True prophets may be in error on points, but not something so plainly, clearly taught in the Scriptures. A true prophet will never tell you that abortion is okay under certain circumstances. A true prophet will not do that. Death is death. Murder is murder. A true prophet will never will never tell you. I, I had a poor lady. I hope she was wrong. I, I do. I had a lady come in my, my study here just last week. She's thinking about moving to Ripley. Got a son. And she was looking at looking at the school. And she went to a certain church in New Albany. And, and she'd been going to this church, uh, for some time. Now this made me a little suspicious. I said, well, why'd you go to this church? Well, it was across the street from my house. Well, whatever. Uh, I'm not saying, I used to live across the street from my church, so it's not necessarily a sign of, of a bad omen, but, and uh, so they started to talk to her about church membership. She said, well, yeah, I'm coming here. I, I, could, I could join here. And, and so she went to the pastor, a 22-year-old seminarian. I don't know if he was just fresh out or still in. Probably the smallness of the church indicates he's, he's... And it's in one of the liberal denominations. And, and he started telling her all the things that, you know, that's, that's not being a Christian. Being a Christian is not living this way or this way. And, and named off uh, sexual immorality. Now, I hope, I hope she just, I hope, I hope the woman's a kook. I hope, I hope nobody called himself a preacher actually said that. But I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, seminaries have always been the hotbeds of every kind of liberalism uh, that's ever come across religious path. Now, if he, if she, if he told her that, really, and she lives across the street from the guy, he's a single guy, and he comes dragging in two or three o'clock in the morning every morning, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, I'm getting suspicious in my old age. I kind of viewed that like the kid that said, said, when the prayer's over, Mommy, he wasn't, he didn't have his eyes closed while you prayed. Not realizing he has implicated himself tremendously. But anyway, um, see, false prophets say things like that. They do not, they do not emphasize the way of truth. The straight and narrow. Friends, the way of Christ is a straight and narrow way. It is a difficult way. It is a way with troubles and afflictions. It's not the easy way. It's not the path of least resistance. And so he says, beware of false prophets. They, they come to you dressed in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, he says, they are ravening wolves. And so Jesus said, you shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of, of thorns or figs of thistles? Can you take good fruit from a bad tree? Will you get bad fruit from a good tree? 
And so he says, wherefore by their fruits you shall know them. The fruits mean the evidence of their lives. You see what they do. You see how they live. You see, you see if they uh, are like the Pharisees who say and do not. Or like libertarians who just, who don't say and don't do either. Now this is serious business because we're told, and, and I, I'll get into this more Sunday if, like I said, unless the Lord turns my mind another way. Because we're told here in, in, uh, in, the, in the New Testament that this is going to be especially problematic in the last days. False prophets shall arise, teachers having itching ears. And people will heap these teachers in themselves. Remember what Jeremiah said? These prophets, these priests are prophesying lies to my people and the people would have it so. They want it this way. They like this. They like the preacher who wants his ears tickled and they love a preacher who tickle their ears. They don't want a preacher who will, who will tell them how the hog ate the cabbage. And so we have a great task before us. Paul said to the Ephesian elders in chapter 20 of Acts, he says, I know, not I think, not maybe. He says, I know that after my departure shall grievous wolves enter in among you, shall come in even of yourself, not sparing the flock. All the way through the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, we're warned about false prophets. Now, one could be paranoid about this, or one can do this. You see, the way that a person can know a false prophet is to do like I've heard tell that they do about the counterfeit. counterfeit People who study counterfeit and pick up counterfeit money. What they do is they don't, they don't teach people to, to, to uh, identify counterfeit money by studying counterfeit money. No. They teach people to pick up and identify counterfeit money by knowing the real thing. Study the real thing. Know what the real thing looks like. Know every nuance of a $20 bill, a $100 bill. So that when you see any discrepancy, any small scroll that's, that's somewhat out of place, then you'll be able to identify it. Now what God wants you and me to do is to know the truth. If you are my disciples, uh, if you continue in my word, Jesus said, then are my, you my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So it's a serious business. It's a sober business. And yet it behooves each one of us to so equip ourselves with truth of every description that we are able to reject a lie. And we would be able to reject men who told lies consistently. Remember one of the churches in... uh, in uh, Revelation was bragged upon because it says you have you have tried them who said they were apostles and were not. You put them to the test. They weren't preaching the truth. You rejected them. He commended them for that. Or on the other hand, these others were entertaining the doctrine of the Nicolaitans and uh, following the, the uh, this this woman Jezebel and following after false ways because they they didn't they weren't grounded in the truth. That's why you need to know the Word of God. You need to for yourself. I've been, I've been preaching at this church now for now to 23 years. And, you know, you know me, I know you. I've, I've preached on every conceivable thing in matter in a course of 23 years. And yet I would say this to you, and I believe every true man of God would say this. Don't you ever take anything I say just because I say it. Now, here's another thing. 
we're going to have disagreements on on things that are that are peripheral, minor things. That's inevitable. We're not talking about you've got a little disagreement with somebody. We're talking about someone who has erred on some great truth. And so we have our articles of faith. The things that we have said, now these things we contend for. We, we're, we're steadfast in these. We, we will not waver from these. That ought to be set in concrete in our soul because the Word of God teaches it. It's been believed by the church of God ever since day one. So Jesus said to you, Enter ye in at the straight gate. Jesus says, Go this difficult way. Don't go the easy way. Go the difficult way. And so for every one of us as individuals, there are choices before us every day. The easy way, the hard way. The flesh always loves the easy way. And sometimes the flesh wins out, we go that way. But you know where it always leads? To destruction. And if we follow that course, the course of our lives, we'll end up in perdition. Just like Judas and, and those other false prophets over there in the Scriptures. Now that's why I try to get you to read the Bible. To study. Pay attention. Think on the things that you hear. Be discerning about the things that come to your mind. Um, I'm, I'm, I've got good friends. Good friends. True men of God. That... I disagree with on some issues. And and one of us is wrong. I, I always think it's him. But, you know, it's bound to be me occasionally. Uh, and maybe even most often. But we don't disagree on, on matters that the church has been settled on time out of mind. I don't, I don't disagree with any preacher I know on any point of the articles of faith that, that I'm talking about our short articles of faith that we, that we have. I don't know of one I disagree on. We all agree on all of those things. And so, beware. Be discerning. The airwaves are full of preaching. Books are full of preaching. There's seminars for this and seminars for that. Some are good, some are not good. Uh, be discerning. Be thoughtful. Be always bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Bring everything to the standard of God's Word. And when you do that, you will not go wrong. May God give us, may God give us discernment. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.